Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. This is a Lip Media Podcast. This is Off Topic Hot Topic, a bonus app of the Hunting Seasons Podcast. Hello, nurse. Off Topic Hot Topic. Uh, that's whatever you were talking about for you. Before we get into things, you should know that we love getting topic suggestions from our listeners. So if you'd like to contribute a question, topic, or story to Off Topic Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or tweeting us at huntingscast. And we should also welcome to the show today, Paul Mitzi of the Swapcast Podcast. How are you doing, Paul? Great. How are you guys? Good. Thank you for joining us. You'll also be joining us for our devs discussion uh, next week, hopefully, yeah. assuming that's that happens on time. Um, what's news with you? How are things in Adelaide? Yeah, I really can't complain. Adelaide's pretty much life as normal currently. The only uh, kind of new rule we've got is only 10 people out in your home, but um, I don't think that's going to affect us too much. So um, just my heart's out for everyone in the more affected states right now. I was debating whether I should be wearing a mask just to come into the podcast at the moment. I'm getting so used to wearing the damn thing everywhere I go. Uh, all right, let's get into things. Uh, oh, how are things going with the Swapcast podcast? What have you been reviewing lately, by the way, I should ask? Yeah, really good. So last uh, episode, we did Heart and Souls, which yes, you did. based on the feedback, seems to be a beloved film for many, many people. The Robert oh, yeah. Downey Jr. classic from the 90s. Um, I, I always had an affection for it, but apparently everyone did, so it's good to know. Um, this week, we kind of turned things around a bit, um, and we uh, unleashed our Sex Trip episode on the world, which is a film mm-hmm. starring Jim Hanks, who's Tom Hanks's brother, and um, Frank Stallone, Sylvester Stallone's brother. And, oh, my God, uh, it was, yes. It, it was released in 2016 in the Russian market, and it's taken this long to get to the outside world and it's because it's an actual piece of trash it's a terrible (laughs) terrible movie so um, make sure you listen to us rip it the fuck apart okay excellent is jim hanks do you say he's the brother of tom hanks yeah so whenever you play like a um disney video game that has woody in it he's Mm -hmm. the one voicing woody because they sound exactly the same yeah he also was like his body double in forrest gump and like because they're very similar so it's really disconcerting to see him in like a low budget pieces of shit movie where he's like playing an actual scum like he meets a girl in a sex shop buying a giant dildo and then um lies to her about um the fact that he's got a wife and children and tries to have an affair with her it's like just imagining tom hanks even considering a role like that um it, it just makes your brain go weird watching it Wow. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's get into things then. Let's just move straight away from that one. Uh, starting with news in Fuller, our favourite uh, segment mm-hmm. of Off Topic Hot Topic. This is, of course, news related around Brian Fuller, uh, beloved TV showrunner of... What's he done? Beloved. Uh, beloved. Uh, what was that show we watched, that horrible one? 
something Dead, like, Dead like Me. Dead like Me. There we go. Push, and Hannibal push and all Pushing Daisy, exactly. As always, very little news in the Brian Fuller front lately. He's really just completely destroyed this segment for us. However, something that has been talked about recently is the ongoing talk. Will there be a season four of Hannibal and so forth? Apparently, news came out that John Cusack and Hugh Grant were NBC's first choice to play the role of Hannibal Lecter in the in Fuller's Hannibal series. Mm-hmm. This is the role, of course, that went to Mads Mikkelsen in the end. Um, which I think the idea was they thought they were going to be more bankable sort of stars. Um, but I cannot imagine for the life of me either. Or maybe I could see John Cusack in the role, maybe. I don't know where the hell Hugh Grant came up as an idea. Can you imagine that series if Hugh Grant is Hannibal I Lecter? I can't imagine John Cusack being super serious. I don't, like Hannibal, mm, I, I can't imagine him in that role. Hugh Grant, maybe another sociopath, but not that specific one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't discount either of them. I think they're both really good actors so you never know until they're like chucked into the role how they do but um i'm hugh grant had a good villain turn in uh paddington 2 but not quite hannibal lecter villain and the um the very english scandal that he did uh with like ben weeshaw last year He, he played a pretty scummy character there and was pretty believable in that Oh, cool. I hadn't seen that one. Uh, some headlines. Uh, here's a good one for you, Damask. Netflix animated series The Dragon Prince has been officially renewed for a fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh season. Yes. Completing the planned story. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. Because <laughs> it was sort of coming out like every season, it seemed to be a question of whether there would be a second or a third. Mm-hmm. So to all of a sudden, after like radio silence for ages, to just have four more seasons announced and see through the end of that story. Are you excited about that? I am. I can't wait for that story and that world just to be built upon season after Mm. season. I think it's got great potential to be able to sustain that. I'm not worried about a lack of story or a lack of places that we can go. So, yeah, I'm super excited and very, very, very happy. It's nice to finally have some good news. Yeah, I'm so hyped about this. I'm really Mm -hmm. hyped about it. I love Dragon Prince. And out of the two fantasy shows on netflix this and the witcher this shits all over the witcher in every respect so i'm so glad we're getting more of this and um you may hear more about this later in our emmys discussion that's actually an incredible segue because the other thing i want to talk about next headline uh was that the netflix are making a witcher prequel series the witcher blood origin a six episode miniseries about the origin of the very first witcher and apparently it's also about a super important event in Witcher lore called the Conjunction of the Spheres, I think. Uh, Paul, you seem like you're more on top of this stuff than I am. What what the hell is the Conjunction of the Spheres? Look, I have no <laughs> fucking idea. And, that, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, the Witcher TV series is made for people who have read all the books and played all the video games. And they seem to be the ones that really love this show. But for someone just going in fresh, it was just a mess. And... Like, it took the entire season to even work out when everything was happening. I I hated this show. Is like, <laughs> But I felt like I needed to keep watching. Like, usually I would just give up. But, mm. I mean, there's the draw of Henry Cavill that kind of got me through. But even by the end, there was hardly any of him in it. Um, like, really? the show should have been like a Hercules-style adventure with him and his bard, and they go town to town killing monsters and have a bit of like a homoerotic flair between the two of them. It was not that. It was all this convoluted garbage. Um, he hardly even used his powers or fought any monsters. Um, 
Wow. Yeah. I don't understand why the show has been so popular and they're making more spin-offs in that. I just don't get it. Um, on a Henry Cavill-related note, did you see that video of him building his PC that came out a week or two ago? Mm-hmm. It sounds like people enjoyed that maybe a little bit more than you enjoy The Witcher. Uh, I guess that's the thing. Like, I would watch Henry Cavill reading the dictionary and I will watch every episode of that. But <laughs> but don't tell me it's the Henry Cavill dictionary reading show and then cut to a whole bunch of other bullshit. Like, just give me him reading that fucking dictionary. Fair enough. Uh, Amazon has officially picked up the Aggie- Abby Jacobson-led A League of Their Own TV series for a full first season. So, mm. as far as I'm aware, there was definitely they were doing going to pilot. I think they must be happy with that, and now they're going to full production for the first season. Are you excited about that, Damask? Look, I we've been through a lot, and I feel like perhaps now we're finally seeing some sort of reward um, <laughs> for all the hardship. And I'm very, very, very excited about this. League of Their Own is one of my favourite movies. I can rewatch it a hundred billion times. I loved it as a little kid. Love it as a a grown woman. Um, yeah, no, and I yeah, I love Abby. So fuck yes, fuck yes, fuck yes. And I saw like a behind the scenes photo that was released um, recently, and it just got me even more excited. Awesome. What would you like to see out of a League of Their Own TV series, Paul? Um, well, I mean. Best case scenario would be bringing back Tom Hanks, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I think it's a fantastic movie. It has so much potential. Um, like all the period, like setting would just be. I, I find shows like that like a warm hug to watch, like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and like it, it mm. would ha- definitely have that kind of vibe going. And the girl power, nah, definitely on board <laughs> for this one. Um, what if it was Colin Hanks who was recast in the role? Not Jim Hanks, obviously. He's too old. Yeah. He's the same age as Tom. Colin Hanks, I'm just thinking like the time difference. The original was made in the 90s. Yeah. It's now 2020. Could Colin Hanks play that role to the same effect? Or I, I think that Colin Hanks could do a decent job. Just as long as they keep Chet Hanks as far away from this as possible. <laughs> <laughs> if he comes on and starts doing his fake Jamaican accent, no, we don't need that. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Hulu has cancelled the Zoe Kravitz High Fidelity TV series after one season. Did either of you watch that first season at all? I didn't. No. Had no interest. Neither did I. My co-host Lucy loved it. Yeah, I've heard good things. And I like Zoe Kravitz. I really should have got onto it. And apparently this is the reason it's been cancelled because no one freaking watched it apparently. Mm. Um, So that's really sad. People who... I think most people who I saw who watched it seemed to really enjoy it um, and are pretty disappointed by it. Um, So that's sad. Comedy Central have announced they're developing a revival of Ren and Stimpy. Uh, either of you fans of Ren and Stimpy? I am. I'm. I hope for this. I think it was yeah. going to be great. Really? And I like the fact that Comedy Central is making it, so they can really lean into like the fact that they were in a gay relationship and all the like all the more unsavory aspects of that show. I think this has a lot of potential. Is that? Uh, canon that they are yeah so when it was first conceived and there's like earlier episodes that you can track down that are like the kind of um, adults only Ren and Stimpy that was very overt and then once it became like a Nickelodeon show they had to strip a lot of that out I never I never really watched Ren and Stimpy I'm aware of them Mm. but I've never I don't think I've ever watched an episode I watched it as a kid 
and I really enjoyed it. And then I think when I was about 20, I was like, oh, Ren and Stimpy, I'm going to check that out again. And I was horrified. (laughs) It is so scary. It made me feel scared, upset, nervous. Like it was just, I could, as an, as an adult with, you know, my mental health had declined to such a state at that point. I was like, it really cemented at that point where it hadn't as a child. I couldn't cope with it, but I'm happy for every, every other Red and Stimpy fan out there. I think the thing that sticks in my mind is just like there'd be these extreme close-ups and mm-hmm. they'd be like super gross and detailed, like yeah. pimply and like creased and like something like that. It'd just be like overtly disgusting. Um, I don't know. I'm keen to see what it's like when it comes back. Maybe I should go back and check out some other episodes. Uh, speaking of animated shows, the Animaniacs revival series, which was announced a while back, will de- debut on Hulu on November 20th. Are either of you guys looking forward to that? Yeah, for sure. I, that was like a staple of my childhood, so I'll definitely see what the new one has to offer. I watched, um, you know how there's that one of Yakko's World, that song he did um, where he names all the countries of the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I recently saw an edited version of that, uh, of all the places that Americans, countries Americans can move into freely at the moment. Uh, but it just only includes the, yeah. So it, like the song is there, the music underneath, and he only speaks up and says the country name when American go there. There are five countries. That's a three minute <laughs> long song where like five places are said. It was fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, I'm keen to see that. I remember that being a great show. Um, as I was a kid, but I just wonder if it holds up or if it's going to translate um, into modern day. This is a big one. I'm really keen to talk about this one. Disney's live-action Mulan movie, which was due to release in cinemas earlier in the year and since being delayed, will now debut on Disney Plus alongside its theatre release for places that will be open at the time for $29.99 US. Uh, This is coming up in September, I think. Um, Mm. The big question here is, are you guys going to be paying $30 US, there hasn't been Australian prices announced yet, to watch Mulan at home? Absolutely, uh, 100%. I need new content so badly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I was really looking forward to this film. So uh, I'm hoping that Disney still decide to release it in the cinemas in Australia for the states that mm. have cinemas open at the moment. But if it's on Disney+, Plus, I'll pay for it either way. September 4th, it's it's releasing. Do you have any problems with the fact that you're going to be paying that money on top of having to pay for the subscription service? Because you're already paying just to have it. Like Netflix doesn't do this. So I can't think of any other service. Oh, I suppose, I think maybe with Amazon Prime, but even then I think you can still rent them without having to be a, an Amazon Plus mm. or an Amazon Prime subscriber. You can still rent movies from them. Yeah. So. Now there's not just you have to have the subscription fee and then pay on top of that. Is that a problem for you at all? I don't think so. I mean, because it was meant to be released in cinemas, they've got to – I mean, they don't have to because they own the planet, but they would want to recoup their money. They want to make such a Mm. profit. I mean – no, it doesn't bother me. Um, It also doesn't bother me because a lot of people that will be purchasing it will be families and so you've got multiple people sitting at home watching it together a lot of people have housemates so you can all pitch in pay like 10 bucks or whatever each um no it doesn't i'm happy to i mean i i get it it was meant to be in cinemas that's not the case anymore so they're just charging an extra fee it it really i'm not that concerned about it so that just to be clear as well in australia 30 dollars us converts to about $42 Australian. Does that change anything for you at all? No, because it's the same price I would have paid for Andrew and myself to go to the movies here. 
That's the thing. Movie tickets in Australia are not cheap. I keep. It seems like in the states they're still around the ten dollar mark. Yeah, it's crazy. And so, you know, if you've got two parents and a kid, then you're sort of paying for that to watch it at home. Yeah, forty one dollars. That's easily just two tickets yeah. here. That wouldn't be too bad at all. Uh, does anyone want to talk about the Ellen situation? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's as far as I want to go with it necessarily. It's like I don't know the full details. I know there's a whole lot of accusations. Basically, just a bunch of stuff has come out about what she's like on set, the way she treats her staff. How are we all feeling about that at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I I am going through my Twitter feed and just kind of laughing. Um, but I think it wouldn't be as big of a deal for people. If she, her entire brand wasn't, I'm the nicest person in the world. If you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure like David Letterman's a cunt and a bunch. You know, everyone working in television is probably a huge fucking asshole and doesn't want anyone to look at them, associate with them. They're very rich; they can't be bothered. And to be honest, if I was very very rich, I'd probably be the same. Um, but because she's, mm. you know, you know, I'm mm. I'm so relatable. I'm so lovable. Well, all this stuff. Um, to see the great fall, I am enjoying it because she, you know, what does she really care? Like, she's going to have her mansion. She's going to have her millions. If she loses her TV show, whatever. But I don't think everyday housewives that actually watch her show would care that much. I don't know. That yeah. hasn't been part of the discussion I've seen. Is that, like, this is getting around on Twitter a lot and nowhere else. Yeah. Like, the people who actually watch the show probably don't give a no. shit. I don't know. Like, I... Uh, obviously in a workplace with a lot of people and Ellen's always playing in the lunchroom at lunchtime mm-hmm. and it has been the hottest topic of discussion <laughs> in my store and everybody, uh, I think people are generally upset that she's getting taken off the air. Like I feel like that show is a staple in a mm. lot of people's lives. I mean, I... So they're upset that she's being taken off the air, not upset that she's treated her staff like absolute shit. Um, I think it's a bit of a mix. Mm. (laughs) I've heard both reactions. I mean, I think there's a very... I think out out of the Twitter sphere, out in the general public, there is a very big movement against cancel culture in general. Mm. And I think people get upset about people getting their jobs taken away for their personal lives. Um, like it, and I think Ellen is very much like she just gives you this fluffy feel-good show. Like, why does it matter what's happening in the background? Is seems that's, to be the general consensus. That's that's a little disappointing. That's a little disappointing. Well, I also love the backlash though of all these celebrity friends of her who keep talking about how wonderful she is and how nicely she's treated the, her. You know, these mm. rich famous people like that means anything in the context of like the the people she treats below her how she treats them like dirt i think it's hilarious but anyway mm. uh, i just love Paul, that portia have- de rossi felt the need to be like i stand with alan it's like well no yeah you live in her fucking house of course you stand with alan Absolutely. Uh, Paul, you had a couple of news stories you wanted to talk about as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, so this week it's announced that Love, Victor, the Love, Simon uh, spinoff uh, that mm. was on Hulu this season, um, has just been renewed for a second season. So um, yeah. I'm really excited about that. Did either of you guys get to watch uh, Love, Victor? I no, I didn't even know about it. Yeah, it's really feel-good, fun show. Um, 
and it reimagined... Well, it's actually a sequel to Love, Simon, but uh, with a different Ooh. character who then contacts Simon through the internet and asks for advice. Um, but, yeah, l- like lovely piece of res- representation, lovely gay romance. Um, awesome. So, yeah, it's really nice that it's getting a second season. Um, another piece of news this week, Quibi is going to be ad-supported free in um, Australia and New Zealand. So the Quibi streaming service, which has been getting a lot of flack um, and this a lot of hate. This is the supposedly mobile, or meant to be mobile only, short sort of content. Mm. Watch it while you're standing in line at the supermarket sort of yeah. style thing. There's Since they've been forced to allow people to watch it on their televisions, I believe, even though it's mostly vertical type stuff. No, so everything on Quibi is actually um, formatted for vertical and horizontal, depending oh, on how you flip your phone. So sure. when, you, uh, when you cast it to your TV... It is only in horizontal mode. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, they spent $1.5 billion launching this new streaming service and mm. nobody downloaded it. It was like a huge failure. Um, but I really like the idea that it's g- going to be free for us at least because there is some actual really good content on this uh, platform. But because nobody's subscribed, nobody's watching it. There's a, a Reno 911 uh, reboot on there mm. that is hilarious and some of the funniest TV I've seen all year. Um, and I don't know if have you guys heard of the Anna Kendrick series Dummy that's on Quibi? No. no. So this is uh, a show created by Dan Harmon's girlfriend and it's based oh. on their life. So there's a character named Dan Harmon in the show and then <laughs> Anna Kendrick plays his real-life girlfriend, and it's about the girlfriend finding Dan Harmon's sex toy and then this... uh, Sorry, a sex doll, and then the sex doll comes to life and she and the sex doll become best friends and decide to write a TV show together. And it is insane and hilarious and uh, a real must for any Rick and Morty fans. There's lots of, like, behind-the-scenes discussions about the show, Um, but because it's on Quibi, nobody watched it. Um, yeah, Paul, you just did what $1.5 billion of marketing never did and got me interested in Quibi for the first time ever. Um, Why did no one just say there's a show about Dan Harmon's girlfriend? That's all I needed to hear. Yeah, exactly. Um, they did a spectacularly bad job launching this streaming service. There's also a whole bunch of like trashy reality shows and everything on Quibi is 10 minutes or less, the episodes. Mm. That is the perfect length for reality trash. It doesn't mm. overstay its welcome. So there's a show um, hosted by Titus Burgess where they like put people in a room and then shoot food in cannons on the walls and then they're um, blindfolded. They have to eat the food off the, <laughs> f- f- over the walls and the floor and then recreate the dish. It's like stuff like that. <laughs> it's, a, it's an awful concept, but for 10 minutes, I'll watch that. That's amazing. So, um, yeah, I really recommend Australia and New Zealanders um, just download Quibi and do the ad-supported um, free version um, and just watch these shows. Like, you can binge a whole ep- that whole season of Dummy in, like, an hour and a half because it's 10 minute, sh- ten minute, sorry, 10 minute episodes. So. so is that available now in Australia? Um, I got an email from Quibi that it was about to happen. So I, I'm sure it's either now or in the next few weeks that it's going mm. free. 
Unreal. Um, okay, I'm going to check out Dummy at least. Yeah, That's definitely. definitely getting looked at. Uh, finally, in news, I just wanted to quickly go through the Emmy nominations. It's the 76, 72nd Emmy Awards. Um, now, there's obviously a million categories for the Emmy, so we're just going to go through the main uh, sort of show and drama and acting ones, mm-hmm. first and foremost. I want your guys' opinion on who's been nominated, who you think is going to win, anyone you think might have been snubbed in these categories, who's mm-hmm. missed out. Um, mm-hmm. We'll start with uh, the Outstanding Drama Series category. Nominees are Better Call Saul, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, The Mandalorian, Ozark, Stranger Things, and Succession. What I like about this uh, is that they finally admitted that Killing Eve is no longer a comedy, so that's great. Right. Um, the big, the big surprise there for me is the Mandalorian yes. getting in there. I love yeah. the Mandalorian, but I was never expected to get a nomination for the being no. the best or the is, outstanding drama series. Is it an outstanding drama series? I don't think so. I think it's what a, else would you call it? Well, perhaps it just shouldn't be nominated. Perhaps it, unless they create a <laughs> category that fits it. Um, it's certainly not a comedy, but it's not an outstanding drama series. I don't think. I think it's a, a pretty good action adventure series, sure. Um, it, but it yeah. might have been my favorite series of last year, apart from another one which had a lot of nominations. Though it's not, I noticed that uh, Watchmen is not included in this list either. Dumb. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would have put Mandalorian in this mix. Like, I liked it okay, but it wasn't a show. Like, on a technical aspect, yeah, yeah. give it all mm. the technical awards. Oh, I'm sure uh, it will get a lot. But, yeah, I just don't know if it really connected with me that much as a drama series. Um, but one thing about this category is, like, it, I really haven't watched many of these shows, which feels really <laughs> awful. No. I'm- it's actually looking at that. Better Call Saul, I want to say, I've watched everything on there except for Succession and The Ozark at this stage. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing, like... Something uh, it kind of bothers me, just like the repetition of like if something's previously been nominated, let's just put it in again, mm-hmm. despite mm. the f- like refusing to acknowledge um, its depreciating value. Like The Handmaid's Tale, no, <laughs> Killing Eve, yeah. not nowhere near as good as it used to be. Stranger Things, no. certainly not, though. I think it was better mm. than season two. Um, yeah, so it just. But again, think- is that a, is that a drama series? Like that for me fits close to the Mandalorian. It's almost an adventure series. Yeah, and therefore maybe isn't shouldn't be considered for this category. But yeah, yeah, I think it's just showing um, the limitations of just splitting things into drama, drama and comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the biggest snub for me in this category was Pose. Mm. Uh, why sure. the hell was that not nominated for best drama series? Another show that we need to get to on the podcast at some stage. Uh, outstanding comedy series, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Dead to Me, The Good Place, Insecure, The Comsky Method, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Shits Creek, and What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, how many of these have you guys watched? I've watched The Good Place, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I've watched and four And some of, of What We Do in the Shadows. Okay. Yeah. I really want to watch what we do in the shadows. That's a big like blind spot. Yeah, I need to catch up on that one. It's on Foxtel here, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, that's probably why we haven't watched it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, binge. Yeah, never get into that anytime soon. Mm. Yeah. Uh, What do you think's gonna win? First of all, uh, I hope Shit's Creek. Shit's Shit's Creek deserves everything that it's been nominated for. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, this is probably. It's hard to say 
snub for this category because there's so many good shows that deserve to mm. be nominated and that were, sure. but there's so many that I would have loved to see no- nominated. Uh, for me, The Great. Yes, yeah, the that's hell. the one that stands out. Yeah. I cannot figure out why that's not nominated for this category. Yeah. It should be there for sure. And it was, it was locked out of... <sighs> Sorry, like, keep yeah, going. Yeah. It was locked out of so many awards. It's like, Why it's nowhere. You... It's just insane to yeah. me. It's like one of the best shows in the last year in it so many different ways. It might be a thing. But... It's like... But it was uh, nominated for Best Direction and Best Writing, but um, everything else locked out of no no sets, no costumes, no hairstyling, and no actress No and performances, actor. apparently. Apparently the direction is great. The writing is incredible. But as a series subpar, I, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, that one really made me angry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sex, sex education. Why wasn't sex education uh, here? Um, that sure. show, everybody loves it mm. and it's hilarious. Um, f- one personal one for me, I would love to see Younger nominated in this category. But I don't see that ever happening. No, never. it's a beautiful dream, though. Uh, but yeah, um, never have I ever. Mm, uh, yeah, that was really on my list. Would have been a yeah. good um, yeah. upload, which I thought was one of the best shows of this year. Um, and just have you guys up watched upload? No, no. I, I the the trailer really turned me off that one, but I've ah, heard good things about it. Yeah, phenomenal. After the great, that would be my second favorite show this year. Mm. Um, and. This category seems to ignore comedies that just want to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always, you know, comedies with a bit of drama or that aspire to be something bigger. Mm-hmm. But um, a show that I thought was just a straight-up comedy that deserved to be nominated was uh, Netflix's Medical Police. Oh, my God. I loved Medical Police so much because I love Children Hos- Children's Hospital. Yeah. And then when this yeah. came and out, I watched it and I was beside myself. Like, this show is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, shouldn't a show that makes you laugh from beginning to end every episode and yeah. is just insane win best comedy yeah. for once? I would love to see like, that. Like, it's just silly, and that's its only purpose is just to be as silly as it possibly can be, and it does that very effectively. And yeah, no, I loved it. Um, I think also I would have liked to have seen Kidding nominated. Mm. I think that could have been nominated as well, especially because it's its last season now. It's an extremely dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, my favourite shows of the last couple of years, kidding, I thought it was fantastic. I reckon The Good Place is a really big chance to win this one. Yeah. Um, but Shit's Creek is also obviously up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, outstanding limited series, Little Fires Everywhere, Mrs. America, Unbelievable, Unorthodox, and Watchmen. There's Watchmen. That's why it wasn't in the uh, other one because mm-hmm. it's, it's because it's a, uh, a limited series because it's not getting a second season. Um, see, Mrs. America, watched a bit of Unbelievable, really liked that as well, and Watchmen was fantastic. That's a That's a good category. There are five really, really good shows in there. Mm, I've seen all of them. Um, Little Fires Everywhere should not be there. Um, I, I think it's obviously because of the cast and it's, you know, following in the footsteps of Big Little Lies. But it's it's not doing anything that sh- – it's not outstanding is my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. the, the material is – subpar and soapy um the performances are overly dramatic and perhaps come off as inauthentic i was shocked when i saw it yeah i was really really shocked they tend to like if you put big stars in something it will Mm, get nominated 
Because they want those people to show up at the ceremony. Well, there is no ceremony, so joke's on <laughs> there. <laughs> Backfire. <laughs> uh, out of those, which one would you hope is going to win? Unbelievable. Which one do you think is going to win? I want unbe- unbelievable. I deserving. want unbelievable to win, but I think Watchmen will, and I won't be sad about that because Watchmen was really good. But I think be Watchmen had like was really solid. Had an, one episode that was amazing, one of the best episodes that I've ever seen of television ever. But unbelievable, just as a whole, yep. I thought was fantastic. Every performance in it was incredible. But we'll come to one lady that was not nominated, who should have been from Unbelievable. Uh, do we care about outstanding television series? Oh, sorry, television movie? No. <laughs> okay, moving on. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series, Olivia Coleman for The Crown, Zendaya for Euphoria, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, Sandra Oh for Killing Eve, Jennifer Aniston for The Morning Show, and Laura Linney for Ozark. What stands out to you about this one, guys? Zendaya! I love the fact, yeah, I love the fact that Zendaya was, was nominated. Euphoria, I really enjoyed, and I really so enjoyed good. her in it. Yeah, it was so, so good. I I was shocked how much I enjoyed that show. And I was shocked by her performance because I've never seen her in anything before. Um, I thought she was just kind of like a bit of a, a Disney girl. Um, mm-hmm. she, incredibly, incredibly talented. And like you can't stop watching her. She's fascinating to watch. Yeah, I've, I've well-deserved, I think, that nomination. Yeah, I agree. How do we feel about Olivia Coleman getting a nomination here? Like, I thought she was good. Uh, I think it in goes back to three. what I was saying before. Like, obviously, she won the Oscar, and so now yeah. you'd want her to participate in the Emmys. Um, Legitimizes the Emmys yeah. by having this Oscar winner uh, in your category. It's the yeah, same yeah, with yeah. Jennifer okay. Aniston. I mean, I haven't seen the morning show, but I haven't seen anyone speaking about really the morning show or her performance in particular. But she's in a TV show. Now she can participate in the Emmys. Let's pop her in there. Sure. Now, I know you guys didn't watch it, but um, the lead actress in Oppose, mm. MJ Rodriguez, yep. um, who's a phenomenal trans actress, uh, she deserved this so bad. Yeah. Um, she is the heart and soul of that show and delivers an amazing performance. It's actually horrifying that they didn't nominate her. Well, like, I saw a lot of people on Twitter were quite upset and kind of taken aback the fact that she wasn't nominated, whereas her um, Cis co-star was, right? Was that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Out, of the whole, out of the whole cast full of trans uh, performers, mm. the Cis performer got a nomination and none of them did. And it's a show about the trans experience. Yeah. So that's fucking it just doesn't, doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's gross. Is what that is. Um, anyone else that should have been nominated? Oh, Elle oh. Fanning. Oh, oh that's a comedy. Would, that would be comedy. Right, yeah, right. Probably comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to those in a second. Outstanding lead actor in a drama se- series: Steve Carell in The Morning Show, Jason Bateman in Ozark, Billy Porter in Pose, Brian Cox Succession, Jeremy Strong in Succession, and Sterling K. Brown in This Is Us. I have not seen a single <laughs> one of those shows. Pose is on my list. Mm. Uh, Succession yeah. is on my list. That's about it at this stage. <laughs> yeah, P- Pose is the only one I watch. So 
I'm going for Billy Porter. Yeah, I think like whenever I look at these lists and I see like the actor categories, I just skip past them because generally they're in shows that I'm not watching. Um, and this indicates that that is accurate. Yeah, I, I mean, I would like to watch Succession, um, but I'm seeing it nominated lots and lots in male categories. So I'm assuming it's a male heavy cast. Um, yeah, so I, I would like to get around to it, but I yeah, haven't really watched these shows, so I've got no idea. They haven't been able to start filming season three of Succession yet, so we've got some time to catch up before then, Damas. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy series, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross in Blackish, Christina Applegate in Dead to Me, uh, Linda Cardellini in Dead to Me, Isa Ray in Insecure, Rachel Brosnahan, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and Catherine O'Hara Catherine, sorry, O'Hara in Shits Creek. I think Catherine O'Hara is gonna be everyone's favourite for that one. Yes. That's my guess. Yes. I would everyone can't stop talking yeah. about performance in Shits Creek. I mean, I think both mm. the ladies from Dead to Me do an incredible job. Issa Rae is also really, yeah. really, really good. I haven't watched Blackish, um, but yeah, mm. I think Catherine O'Hara. I mean, the role in Shit's Creek is iconic, um, mm-hmm. and she yeah. is, I think, the funniest part of Shit's Creek. Uh, so mm. yeah, I, I think yeah, it's. I hope she wins, and I think she will. Yeah, but um, also Rachel in. Um Marvelous Mrs. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Maisel like would be a worthy win, but I am going for Catherine. She she's phenomenal. Uh, outstanding lead actor in a comedy series: Anthony Anderson in Blackish, Don Cheadle in Black Mondays, Ted Danson in The Good Place, Michael Douglas The Comsky Method, Rami Youssef in Rami, and Eugene Levy in Shit's Creek. Mm-hmm. The one uh, that stands out that's not there is Nicholas Holt. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Nicholas Holt um, deserved to be in this mix. Incredible um, in the great. But I love the fact that Black Monday yes. has gotten a nomination here. Um, that's a really underrated show, and Don Cheadle's very good in it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I mean, I'm going for Eugene, mm-hmm. but uh, if failing that, I would love to see Don or Ted Danson as well. Ted Danson you know? seems like an outside chance. I think he'd be definitely with the dark horse on this one. Um, yeah, I guess especially with that show ending as well. Yeah, I mean, I I'd never considered, I guess, Ted Danson's role to be a lead role. I guess because it's such an ensemble it cast. But yeah. um, yeah, I'd ha- be happy for him to win. Yeah, I mean, I I only watched the first season of Black Monday, but loved it and want to continue on with it. Such a great cast. Um, Eugene Levy, Shit's Creek, sure, mm, but I I yeah, maybe Ted Danson for me. I'd probably prefer to win it. Um, outstanding lead actress in a limited series or a television movie, Kerry Washington in Little Fires Everywhere, Kate Blanchett, Mrs. America, Octavia Spencer, self-made, inspired by the life of Madam C.J. Walker, uh, Shira Hass in Unorthodox, mm. and Regina King in Watchmen. Who's the standout? Um, <laughs> I, think Regina, I think Regina King is a good chance. She was yeah. Yeah. had a commanding performance in Watchmen for sure. Kate Blanchett mm-hmm. was fantastic in Mrs. America, but I don't know if enough people are talking about that show um, for her to get the nominations for that one, even with that stellar cast. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think Regina King is probably a safe bet um, and a worthy winner, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And also has that like flow on of just winning the Oscars. Yeah, absolutely. So. True, true. Outstanding lead actor in a limited series or television series, Hugh Jackman in Bad Education. Was that always meant to be a, a TV movie, by the way? Or is this one of those things where... Because I, I don't know the history behind that show, that movie. I felt like it was one of those ones that was meant to release in theatres, then it ended up being released on TV, and now it's being nominated. Anyway, I think it's really interesting. Uh, 
I remember it going to like film festivals and stuff yeah. before it landed on streaming. Mm. So. so that's funny. Can't win an Oscar, win an Emmy instead. Jeremy Pope for Hollywood. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo, I know this much is true. Uh, Paul Meskel uh, for Normal People and Jeremy Irons for Watchmen. He's a lead actor in Watchmen. Okay, it doesn't make sure. much sense to me. Um, no, no. Again, just the name, I think. Uh, I, I would not know what to choose for this one at all. Any thoughts? I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about all these uh, Hollywood getting nominations in these categories. Because mm. yeah. as much as I enjoyed watching that show, I don't know if it's a deserving show to be nominated for stuff. So. I don't think there was any performance in that that really like stood out to me. Like this needs to be nominated. Yeah, I think Jim Parsons was really good in Hollywood, but I think just because he was so terrifying. But yeah, generally, mm. I think that's so much of Ryan Murphy's stuff is it's it's quite fun to watch. But let's not let's not celebrate him too much yeah. <laughs> for what he's putting out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Will Mark Ruffalo win this one just because he had to play two people? Like that, the degree of difficulty would get him over the edge. Um, I mean, maybe, but how many awards did Eddie Murphy win for his incredible roles? You know, uh, yeah, pro- good, probably. Good, <laughs> good question. Multi Oscar uh, nominated uh, Eddie Murphy for mm. which one was that? The Night Professor. I was Night Professor, and was, was it also Norbit or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Norbit, Nor- as well. Norbit did win an Academy Award. There you just go not for his performance. So. Maybe. For, yeah, for best makeup. <laughs> oh, did it? Wow. This is like Suicide Squad winning an Oscar ahead of yeah, uh, yeah. a bunch of other films. Amazing. Yeah. Um, are we doing su- supporting actors and actresses as well? There's like six more categories to go. Oh, my God. This thing just goes on. There's so many categories. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk about supporting actress in a TV movie or limited series. Sure. And go for I want to talk about supporting actress in a show as well yeah okay let's go let's go through the let's go through the actresses no one cares about the actors that's what i'm hearing here (laughs) outstanding supporting actress in a drama series laura dern for big little lies that's the first time Mm. big little lies has come up in this whole thing meryl streep for big Mm. little lies helena bottom carter for the crown uh samira wiley the handmaid's tale fiona shaw killing eve julia garner ozark sarah snook cutting off oh sorry julia garner for ozark sarah snook for succession the first, oh, the first female. There's, there's a female cast member, Damask, and Tandy Newton for Westworld. I could have, I could have picked all those out myself. Like they were about as obvious as they get. Mm. I mean, Tandy Newton, though. Like even mm. Tandy Newton has criticised like that character this season. She's like she was given nothing to do, so they've yep. nominated her for a season where she literally had nothing to do. So it was. Like she is fantastic. Season one, Westworld give her a nomination, but yeah. that season in Westworld, mm. Laura Dern, I'm on. Like, give her every award. That's I mean, she created. was really the only good thing to watch in season two of Big Little Lies, um, including. Um, yes, I'm including Meryl Streep in that. Good lord! Um, <laughs> but when I was reading the list for every performance that I had actually seen, which is most of them, I was like, oh, I can't choose because I don't think any of them, like, stand out to me. Like, Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Where is... Oh, no, because that, that would be the limited series of Mrs. America. I want to see if any of those actresses got nominated because there's a bunch of them that could have been nominated for that one, I think. Uh, let's get down to comedy series. Outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series. Betty Gilpin for Glow. Darcy Carden for The Good Place. Uh 
Yvonne Orgy for Insecure, Alex Borstein, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, Marin Hinkle, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Kate McKinnon, Saturday Night Live, uh, Cecily Strong, I think it is, Saturday Night yeah. Live, Cecily. and Annie Murphy for Cecily, thank you, and Annie Murphy for Shit's Creek. Annie Murphy is my pick here. I she just was hilarious and great. broke my heart in that in that big emotional episode as well. So um, I loved her in Shit's Creek. Uh, my biggest snub for this category, I think Gillian Anderson should have been nominated for Sex Education. Mm. Sure. Um, but that's a really strong category. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, Darcy in, in The Good Place is amazing. Like, yep. there's just so many heavy yeah, hitters there. Yeah, it is very, very good category. You're right. Darcy, I'm trying to think. Janet didn't necessarily have a, as much of an impact this season, I don't think. I don't think. think that matters, though, as we're seeing from the nominations. <laughs> I really don't think it matters. I think The Good Place had its final season Darcy Carden is uh, kind of like you know this the standout when we're talking about performances in that show yeah um so I wouldn't be surprised if she won obviously I have to choose my wife Betty Gilpin whenever she's nominated so I'm choosing her <laughs> just through loyalty she's a chance she was really really good in season three of, of course she was Brad. you don't need to tell love. me that she's always I don't good know, you didn't you didn't say anything about Jodie Comer when I mentioned her name earlier so I don't I don't know anymore I love Jodie Comer but Betty Gilpin is very different Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Alex Borstein stands out. I don't think she could win again. She was fantastic in Ms. She Marvel's is Mrs. Maisel so season good. three. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I mean, it, she. It, we need to make up for the fact that she wasn't nominated for Best Supporting Actress for the Lizzie McGuire Agreed. movie. Agreed. So I'm all on board for this. Agreed. She nailed that. She made yeah, Mrs. Yeah, Mrs. Ungermeyer, one of the classic <laughs> movie characters of all time. Oh, I just want to follow her around with that little flag she waves. Yes, please. <laughs> all right, outstanding supporting actress in a limited series or a television movie: uh, Holland Taylor for Hollywood, Uzo Abuda for Mrs. America, Margot Martindale for Mrs. America, Tracy Ullman for Mrs. America. Uh, there's my Mrs. America category. Mm-hmm. This was looking for Tony Collette for Unbelievable and Jean Smart for Watchmen. That is a freaking stacked category as well. These have been amazing so far. There's only w- well, there's okay, so. I disagree that Tony Collette should have been nominated over. I'm so sorry. I'm going to get her name wrong. Um, but Merritt Weaver, Weaver. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was so good, and absolutely, if Tony Collette is nominated, is, she certainly should have been. I'm. Is this just the name thing again? Is this Tony Collette? You know, absolutely. Oscar nominated. Yeah. yeah. Um. Obviously, Uzo. Ud- oh, I'm sorry, Aduba. Um. Is that Aduba. is that you say it? Yep. Um. I she's so. incredible. Do I think she had enough material to be nominated for Mrs. America? I don't think Basically so. Basically had one episode, yeah. yeah. Um, Holland Taylor is always great, but I don't think also had enough material in Hollywood to be nominated. Tracy Ullman was great. Margot Martindale mm-hmm. was great. Um, Jean Smart, absolutely, I think. I'm not going to get into the guest star stuff. That's just getting crazy. Yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What yeah. have you guys been watching? Paul, what have you been watching recently? So I've just been watching a show called The Brave New World. Have you guys watched this at all? Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no, I've never so heard of it before. the Peacock Network that just launched in America. This is their big... NBC's yeah, streaming yeah. So service. So this is their ploy, yeah. a big event series like Westworld or Game of Thrones, and it's about a future society where um, everybody is uh, genetically engineered to be beautiful and perfect. Monogamy is illegal, so everyone's forced to have sex with each other and have orgies every night. And if they don't, then they have to take these um, mood-altering drugs so that everybody's happy at all times and everybody doesn't question their place in society. But then on the other side of the world, in America, uh, everybody's still living like they are now. So they regard them as the savages and then they sometimes go on holidays to see how the savages live. But then one of them ends up coming back and uh, trying to integrate into the perfect society and their presence there kind of turns everything upside down. So, I've got a question just about yeah. how you're viewing that. So is that coming out so we, we can binge it or is it like once a week? Uh, it's... It's all out at once. So the whole season, cool. it's, I think, 10 episodes and they're 40-minute episodes. Mm-hmm. So, um, But it's a really interesting show that um, it has these big sci-fi ideas and this like really lush production values, but um, it's not afraid to be really funny at times. It has a really individual tone. Um, so, oh, cool. Because sometimes with those sci-fi shows, like they're so self-serious. Yeah. That it just yeah. kind of puts me off a little bit. So, yeah, it's good to know. Yeah, so, like, you know, next week we'll be talking about devs. It's definitely not another mm-hmm. devs. It's a lot lighter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but still quite intelligent. It has a lot of ideas. So I, I'd be interested to see what you guys think of it. Yeah, cool. I think you said a previous uh, discussion about this, that this was based on a book that you read in <laughs> yeah, school. Yeah, so right? it was something that we had to read in school. But um, now... They've really updated it 
so that it's relevant to okay. our society today and it, it's commenting a, a lot about the way we live so um and it doesn't feel like something you'd read in school it's very sexy and uh pushes the buttons mm. in those ways though i mean the the orgies are a bit suspect. Sometimes it looks like everyone's just like rubbing against each other's stomachs rather than actually doing anything. But the Matrix yeah. Reloaded sort of orgy. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. a stylized orgy. Oh, you you yeah. love this show. <laughs> Good. Uh, what else have you watching, Paul? Uh, so the reality TV show Dating Around Brazil. Uh, so there's been two American seasons and now they've just dropped uh, the Brazilian season on Netflix. Um, so... Cool. Uh, have you guys watched this one before? I've only watched the American watched, one, yeah, which I loved yeah. so I much. Watched, I think I've only watched the h- half of this. I've watched all the first season, half of the second season so far. I didn't get uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I really love the production value of this show. Like, it's for mm-hmm. a reality TV show, it looks cinematic, it's shot in widescreen, and um, it's a really interesting way that it's been directed because it's five blind dates with five different people, but the one person wears the same outfit on every date and they go to the same places. So they edit them all together so it all looks like one continuous scene. Um, It's just a really clever way to do this. There's no voiceover. There's no um, uh, interviews to the camera. It's just you're watching these dates um, go by. And as someone who has been on the single scene for the last few years, it's a very relatable show. It's showing those mm-hmm. beats of how you have to repeat the same stories to every date you go on. And um, just the the beats of a date, it just gets down pat. Um, the Brazilian season is great. Uh, Brazilians are notoriously beautiful people, so uh, very attractive cast. And um, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're a lot more liberal than uh, the Americans, so they all get with each other, um, which, you know. Yeah. Just heaps <laughs> cool. of hand jobs on the day. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much wall to wall hand jobs, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, tick of approval. Something for everybody. Yep. Yeah, um, and Canada's Drag Race, I have to say, I'm really enjoying that. Mm. Are you guys watching that? Yeah, I'm watching, watching that. that. Um, so I've had like, I mean, not a complaint because I still watch RuPaul's Drag Race every season. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed seasons like four, five, six so much. Mm. Um, but as like the production has got more and more kind of, I guess, su- succinct or concise, yeah. Um that I've kind of I haven't been attaching myself to the queens that I had done previously, um, with seasons that have come out in the last couple of years. But Canada's Drag Race really, really reminds me mm-hmm. of early RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I have some issues mm-hmm. with the judges panel um, and yeah. <laughs> the reasons as to why they are allowed to uh, judge drag queens. Yeah. But the queens themselves are really good. They're not as polished or TV ready, um, which is something that we saw in UK's Drag Race as well, yeah. which I think makes it a more interesting show. So, yeah, no, I'm loving it. Yeah, I think the international versions are really outdoing the American versions. Like Thailand, UK and mm-hmm. Canada have both been great um, and the recent American seasons have been a bit subpar. Yep. 
Can I just quickly go back to dating around very quickly? Just something I wanted mm-hmm. to say on that as well. One of the other reasons I like it, you talked about it being cinematic and like beautifully produced and stuff like that. For a reality TV show as well, it's not like it doesn't start with a voiceover going, Hi, this is Joshua. He's 32 and he's looking for some of his life. It's like you're introduced to that person and the people they're dating really mm-hmm. organically throughout the show. And you just sort of learn about them the same way you would if you're on a date with them. And then the game is because there's no mm-hmm. game, there's no, it's not a reality TV show in the sense that there's like, you know, they have to pick something someone or whatever but they you go as you're watching it oh i want i i think they're going to pick this person they're obviously vibing with this person oh they hate this person mm-hmm. just off their body language mm-hmm. and their cues there's no talking heads yeah. or anything like that and the episode always ends with them going to meet mm-hmm. somebody although sometimes they just hang out with themselves at the end of it and go i didn't like any yeah. of them basically and there's it's really investing to be able to watch it with a group of people all commenting on like you know how this date's going how yeah. this person's responding and then sort of go i reckon it'll be this person at the end and it's uh, it's just yeah. really well made so I, think. I think it was season episode two of season two american dating around there's a guy mm. with a stutter and he's really like nervous and it was the most anxiety inducing yes. episode of TV mm. I've ever watched in my entire life. I've never had really? a, I've never had to actually just turn something off and breathe before I've watched that episode. Like it was intense. I couldn't watch that episode. Like I just because I can't watch award shows like when people give speeches because I'm so nervous for them yeah. in case they fuck up. So watching that guy on a day, I I had to skip that episode. I'm like, I can't that's, handle this. I oh, that's a real shame because that that has a su- very surprising ending. That one, yes. Like it's one of those ones where I'm watching and going, he's not going to connect with fucking anybody here. Mm. And then you're like, oh, he's he's I don't know. I was very surprised with the people he did make a connection with ultimately and there was a certain appreciation for the sort of person he was. I expected everyone was going to reject him. Mm. It was really, really, really interesting, actually. I quite like that episode, but I understand what you're saying. Damask, mm. what have you been watching? Um, so I have been diving into SBS on-demand content because I think, like, during lockdown, I've just been going Netflix, Stan, Amazon Prime, and it's just the same shit can every I, can day. I can say, I've barely touched Netflix well, I've had to go back because I just destroyed Stan and Amazon Prime. So I was like, well, what's <laughs> is something coming out on Netflix? I've exhausted <laughs> all of them. So I was like, oh, I should use some of Australia's amazing public access streaming services. So I, I dove into SBS On Demand. So I've been watching – I've watched three things recently on there. Uh, the first one is First Australians, which is a docu-series um, about – Aboriginals in Australia from the arrival of the first fleet and it's telling their history um, told by themselves and it has been incredibly educational and I think recently I have become angered and also disappointed and hurt at the absolute vacuum of an education I have received both in, in primary, secondary and in tertiary education around the history of Aboriginal people from their perspective um, in our education system. So I'm trying to self-educate now because I realise that's what we as Australians, white Australians, have to do because we're not given that at all. Um, And this docuseries on SBS On Demand is so, so good. And as I'm watching it, you know, I'm just kind of like, you know, of course these other terrible things that happened. And I think as white Australians, we go, we did 
terrible things. You know, there was obviously the theft of land, murder, rape, all of this stuff. And we say, I acknowledge that that happened and that's terrible, but we don't go any further than, well, what are the actual personal stories of these people? What are like the, the, the nuances around what it would be like to exist in that space at that time? And it's, it's been eye-opening and of such value. Like I cannot recommend it enough. It really is the best Australian history education I've ever received. It's, it's really, really good. What was the series called again? First Australians. First Australians, beautiful. Yeah, that it's amazing. Awesome. Um, on a on a lighter note, I watched a cute little French movie just last night. It only goes for seventy minutes. It's like a stop animation. Um, it's called uh, My Life as a Zucchini. This is the most SBS thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so cute so it's about this little boy who has to go live in an orphanage after his mum dies it's just beautiful and uplifting and an adorable it's it's not as french as you might think it's not as like tragic and um full of ennui as one might expect it's actually really beautiful so in kids stories so often kids are alone and they're surrounded by adults who are just terrible doing terrible things and they have to kind of find resources within themselves to survive that's not what this movie is at all i kept expecting it but that's not what happens it's this little boy who is very alone um in the worst time of his life and he finds community and it's beautiful and i really if you're in a bad spot pop in my life is a zucchini and it's great i think i nominated as well Wow. Oh, did it? Yeah, oh. best, best um, animated film. Oh, nice. Because I think there is an American, not an American version, but they've like dubbed it. Because I, like, when I clicked on it, it said like Nick Offerman and all these people. But when I watched it on SBS On Demand, it was it was the French version. So I think if you don't want to read subtitles. You were confusing it with VeggieTales. <laughs> <laughs> no, though I did used to watch that as a Christian child. Oh, um, sure and I loved did. it. <laughs> I loved it. Anyway, no, it wasn't VeggieTales. Um but yeah, so if you don't want to read subtitles, I think there is an English language version. Um, but yeah, it was it was beautiful. And yeah, if you're in a bad spot, definitely pop it on. Something else I've been watching yeah. on SBS On Demand is uh, Leah Remini's... I watched the first season ages ago, but Leah Remini's docu-series on Scientology. And I love a Scientology documentary. Oh, I love them. I love them, I love them, I love them. Have you got because- a favourite, like previ- a previous favourite? Uh, I think Going Clear is Going Clear the, was excellent. Is the best made um, and gives you the whole overview. Um, like I know Louis Thoreau came out with one, but I think Going Clear is the superior one that I've mm-hmm. seen. But Leah Remini's one, which is I think Scientology and the Aftermath, um, it's more of like it's just personal stories of people who have you know survived, um, mm-hmm. as well as people who have investigated and all this and there's. Every episode has a slightly different take and a, a different aspect. So sometimes I'll be talking to a panel of people who have studied Scientology and have escaped or people who have investigated them or people who have like attempted to change legislation in order to um, diffuse the amount of power that Scientology has. It's I've just popped it on. I found it fascinating and it's just something I can pop on in the background while I'm doing something else. But it's, it's good and I goddamn love... Leah Remini. I'm so attracted to her. 
Um, and I think what she's doing is really cool. Excellent. That's it. That's what we've been watching really at the moment. That's it, buddy. Very cool. I'll just quickly go through a couple of things I've been watching and one thing I've been playing actually because I know you hate talking about video games, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, I've started watching Mad Men at the behest of my girlfriend, Stephanie, who loves the show. Though she has this habit, which is really interesting, of getting to the end of a series she loves and not finishing it. So she's not seen the second half of the seventh season. So her mm. her goal here is to rewatch the entire thing and finally finish it. Uh, for those who don't know, Mad Men set in 19, the 1960s uh, follows Don Draper at a advertising firm in New York. Um, it's obviously famous for sort of like the gender politics of the time. You know, men are men and women are housewives and secretaries and those sorts of things. And I know Damask. You sort of had a have a hard time with the idea of getting into it because it's about that sort of stuff. It's not. That I don't, don't have a hard a- time with the idea of getting into it. I have a hard time getting into it because I hate everyone in it. I hate every character. I'm not interested. Okay, and I <laughs> totally get that, especially on a surface level. I'm not saying you have to watch it, but I want to say that I do think there are definitely characters you are going to really appreciate if you did watch. You don't the show. know me. You don't know me. Pa- no. Particularly the character of uh, Peggy Olsen, played by Elizabeth Moss. I think you would fucking love. I think I really got to know Eliz- Elizabeth Moss's work because of The Handmaid's Tale, and. Now seeing her playing Peggy in Mad Men, really my like uh, estimations of her are just going up even further. She's brilliant in this and I'm only just into season two. So I think it's very early on in this, but you can start to see what they're trying to do with that character and her relationship, mentorship by Don, sort of the what's happening in the series is really it's i i think you would absolutely love that character um and there is a lot a lot of emphasis on the female characters in the show but obviously it's um set in a male dominated world so it's that perspective but the i guess what's interesting as well season one was really great season two which i'm sort of halfway through now you can see it's doing that classic season two thing where the show got obviously did really well in season one and they know they're going to be around for a while. So they're sort of starting to like sow the seeds for the longer story for the rest of the series for the next six seasons sort of stuff. So it's slowed down a little bit at this point, but you can also feel it's just like building a really strong foundation. So I'm really, obviously every Mad Men's been nominated, won, you know, dozens of awards, Emmys and so forth. So no surprise, it's a good show, but really enjoying that. Have you watched Mad Men, Paul? I love Mad Men. I was obsessed with it when it was running. Um, yeah, I can't speak highly of it, of it enough. It's um, and yeah, Elizabeth Moss is phenomenal in it. Um, mm. She her character is the, is the heart of that show. It might be about yeah. John Draper, but it's really about Peggy. Um, I I certainly it's what's getting me through the show the most. Is anything involving Peggy is the stuff that I'm I'm latching onto by far. She's brilliant. Do you think it's comparable to say like in terms of it's a show, you know, about Don Draper, but really what you love is Peggy, similar to the shows about Walter White, but you love Jesse. Is that the situation? No, because Don Draper is a much more interesting and um, multifaceted character than Walter White is, I think. At least so far for me, because mm-hmm. and maybe that's maybe that's that's a hmm, that's hard to say because my perspective on Walter White is different now that I've seen the entire run of 
Breaking Bad, right? But early on, mm, you know, the yeah. thing about Walter White is that it's the the grey area sort of thing. It's like, yes, he's doing bad things, but he's doing them for a good reason. And sort of until we learn more and more about him. Don Draper, um, I think Don Draper, though, at, from what we've seen, he's like his, his background. We learned a lot about his childhood very early on, about who he is, about who maybe he used to be. Like, there's a lot of stuff there that if you just think of Don Draper, the the whiskey drinking, smoking ad man, yes, that's there, obviously. Mm. There's this, all this other stuff that comes before that that got him to that point that, to mention it, is an incredible spoiler. And mm. I had no idea it was a part of the show until I started watching it. And I think he is a fascinating character that I've seen so far. I think John Hamm is terrific in the role. My girlfriend certainly enjoys whenever he's on screen. And <laughs> but <laughs> but as much as that's true, I still defer back to Peggy Olsen being the best part of the show. The other thing is, I'm I'm really enjoying hating the characters that I hate as well. Uh what's the guy Campbell, Pete Campbell? Fucking hell. He is yeah. one of the grossest most pathetic human beings I've ever seen a television show, and I love watching him because of it. He's he is I don't know that actor's name. He's the guy that played um, Angel's son Angel in Angel. Son. Yeah, yeah. Connor, Connor in, in Angel, right? And I'd not seen him in anything else. And yeah. he he play he knows exactly what he's doing with this role, and he's doing exactly what he needs to do. And makes Pete Campbell is so easy to just just hate. <laughs> it's 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 really really good. It's really good. I highly recommend it. But who hasn't? Uh, the other one I quickly wanted to mention was DC's Harley Quinn, the animated TV series um, that's now out. The first season is all on Amazon Prime here in Australia. Um, I've only watched the first couple of episodes. Um, I'm quite enjoying it for what it is. It's quite funny. It's sort of an adult take on the DC universe, particularly the Batman, Gotham City villain side of things. Um, it's lampooning a lot of that in a lot of ways. Here's the reason you should watch it, Damask. Female mm -hmm. friendships. Gross. Your favorite thing. The show no, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. Is absolutely about Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Yeah. And it's cool. like I had they heard are that. the focal point of this show do they, and their friendship. Do they get to their bisexual lovemaking yet? Or yet to happen? Not in the series, not in the first two episodes, no, but I do okay. believe that is where well, if there's not bisexuality within the first two episodes of anything, I'm out <laughs> immediately. Um, no, I, I actually have been meaning to watch that. I didn't realize it had come out already on Amazon Prime. Just Australia, recently, so. only yeah, just that's come good out. to know. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, but what I've seen so far, I've quite enjoyed what it is. The animation's fine. It's funny enough, it's particularly if you're familiar with those villain characters in particular, um, and even lampooning characters like Jim Gordon and Batman and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm definitely keen to watch more of it. Um, but yeah, female friendship. That's the key word. That's cool. the reason you should be watching it, Damask. Finally, finally, I just want to quickly mention a video game I've been playing over the last couple of days. Um, and you guys uh, have a PlayStation or PlayStation Plus membership. Yeah. Have you played any Fall Guys at all, Paul? The new... No, I saw the trailer for it. I saw that it's been released and that the servers went down because it was so popular. So the this actually does relate back to TV in a fun way. It's kind of the video game version of like Wipeout or Takeshi's <gasps> Castle and stuff like that, right? Fuck yeah. So basically the idea is that you play as this little like bean thing, a Fall Guy, right? It kind of looks like a minion sort of thing. And you and 59 other people start the game... 
And the idea, like, usually a level will either be a race or it'll be a team game or a survival game or something like that. And you have to, like, jump across moving platforms and spinning things and go through, like, um, walls and stuff that's moving and rotating. It's just like an obstacle course like you'd see on Wipeout or something like that. And it's uh, what they call a Battle Royale game where basically you just keep whittling down the players until there's only one remaining and that person wins. It is addictively fun. It involves... A fair amount of skill, but also a lot of luck. So you can't just be amazing at video games and and you're going to win every time you play um, because there's a lot of like collision detection and stuff like that happening. Yeah, the servers have been a problem. They've been up and down all week because this thing has been crazy popular. Like it's free if you have a PlayStation Plus subscription. So this thing's just gone gangbusters. But when I've been able to play, um, it's been a heck of a lot of fun. It's been the perfect game for isolation at the moment where I'm stuck at home just sipping on a glass of wine or something like that and like if I say you like lose in the first round the time it takes to get out of the game and start a new one is like instantaneous so it's got that hook of like just one more go just one more go just Mm. one more go and you'll get this close you'll make it to the final round you'll come second or third or fourth I'm like I'm just I'm gonna get there I'm gonna get there until finally last night I finally freaking won one after about congratulations (laughs) It what was the name of it again? Fall Guys. Um, I probably like mentioning it's just adding to the server load. So this is a bad idea by getting <laughs> other people to play it. But it's just exactly the sort of not having to think about it, dumb fun sort of game. Um, so anyone who's got a PlayStation, a PlayStation Plus subscription, highly, highly recommend checking it out. Especially if you love, you know, game shows like Wipeout and Takeshi's Castle and stuff like that. Very cool. Anything else before we go, guys? I think that might be an episode. I think that's it. Awesome. Thank you for coming on the show, Paul. I uh, really appreciate having a chat with you. Anytime. We'll see you again next week when we call a- talk about Devs Season 1. Bye for now. Bye. See ya.